Okay, here we go. Let's learn some Torah. Daf Zayin, Amud Aleph, page seven eight. We're up to the Amar Rabbi Gido, the third line on the page, and we are contr- we're finishing up our proof that um, chametz at the end of the fifth hour, beginning of the sixth hour is Osir Mid Rabbonon, the same way the end of the 6th hour, beginning of the 7th hour, is Osir Mid And we're also going to touch for a little bit on um, when you're allowed to be Mavatel Matzah. Does it need to be before the Zman Bior, or can I be Mavatel my Chametz even after the Zman Bior? So right now we're trying to bring a proof, again we're up to the third line on Zayin Amar Aleph, that... The sixth hour, Midrabanon, is like the seventh hour, Darai. So let's go. Diyamar of Gidl, Amar of Chiyobar Yosef, Amar Rav. Rav Gidl says the name of Chiyobar Yosef, who says the name of Rav. Hamakadish Mishay Shoysilamal. A person marries a woman from the sixth hour and onward with Chametz. Now, in order to be married, you've got to give a woman something of value. It's got to be worth the Shavapruta. Chametz, that's Asr Bahana, forbidden to benefit from. You can't marry a woman with because it has no value. Anything you're forbidden to benefit from is Asr Bana, has no value. So if it's going to be a valid Kedushin, that means it has value. And the halacha is, if you marry a woman from the sixth hour, when it's Asr Midra and onwards, Afilu Bechite Kordinyosa, even if you use wheat from Kordinyosa, which Rashi explains took forever, took a very, very long time, to become chametz, it was a very strong wheat that even if you soaked it in water, it didn't start turning chametz right away. It took quite some time. But even if you use that, which you knew, we know is not going to be chametz in an hour, to marry a woman, you're not married. Because since it's the sixth hour, the Rabbanon said it's also bahana, you gave the woman nothing. Which means we consider the sixth hour, me, the Rabbanon, like the seventh hour, the Iraisa. Correct the Gemara now. Says the Gemara. On the other part of the statement that we had yesterday. Yesterday's daf. That you're not allowed to nullify chametz once, you have the, once you're in the Zman Iser. Once you're in the prohibited time frame for chametz, there's no longer Shaykh to Bittl. You've got to destroy it. No thing is nullifying it. Says the Gemara, is that true? But we learned in Abraisa. Keep in mind every detail of this brisa. A person is sitting in a base medrash in front of his rebbe. And he's sitting in a base medrash. There's going to be a crucial detail that he's sitting in a base medrash. And he remember and he he realizes that there's chametz in his house. To nullify something. All you need to do is be mavatal in your heart. You don't even have to express it. In your heart, in your mind, you say, it's not mine. It's bottle. It has no value. Echad Shabbos ve'echad yomtif. And you could be mavatal it when you're in the base medrash, whether it's Shabbos or yomtif. Azayizok the b'raisa. Now let's, the Gemara is now going to tear apart the b'raisa. Gemara says, one second. Bishlama Shabbos it's understandable to have a case where a guy is sitting in a base medrash in front of his Rebbe on Shabbos and he remembers he has chametz and he's mavatlip alev. How's that possible? Meshkach we could find it. How so? 
Kegoin Shechal Arba Asar the Yes Beshabbos. Maybe it was Shabbos Erev Pesach. And it's now Zman Bittel. So in his heart, he should nullify it. Instead of leaving the instead of leaving the Bishbedish, because you're in front of your Rebbe, it's Rashi explains. Not Bakovadik to just walk out in the middle of Shir. You remember, you got some chametz, you got to get rid of it. So on Shabbos, we say you don't need to go home. Call Besader. You just stay where you are, be Mavakla in your heart, and you're fine. But says the Gemara, Ela Yomtif. But what does it mean to be Mavatla in your heart on Yomtif? Yomtif's already Usr Bahano. And we just said you can't nullify something once it's the Zman Isser. Basari Suru. It's after the Zman Isser. So you see very clearly a person, even once it's a Zman Isser, is permitted to nullify his Chomets. Clear? Yesterday we learned. Once you have a Zman Isser, once you're already past the time that, that you're supposed to have burnt or nullified your Chametz, you can't nullify it anymore. What do you mean? This Bryson says, if you're sitting in Bezbedesh on Yomtev, and it has to be, I mean, we're talking about Pesach, we're not talking about Sukkah six months earlier, right? So we're dealing with Yomtev, dealing with Pesach. And on Pesach, we're telling the guy, nullify it. So you see, you can nullify it even during the Zman Isser. You don't need to do it prior. And for the Gemara. Gemara answers, no, there's no proof from this b'risa. There's no question from this b'risa. Why? Om Ravach Abar Yaakov. explains, Hacha, this b'risa of the guy sitting in a base medrash, B'talmad Yoshev L'fnei Rabbi Yaskinon. We're dealing with a student sitting in front of his Rebbe. V'nizgar she'esh isa migolgeles b'seich b'seich. And he remembers he has dough in his house. So what Ravach Abar Yaakov is explaining we're not dealing with somebody who's sitting in a base medrash and has something in his domain that's already chametz. Rather, he's in the base medrash and he realizes if he stays in the base medrash, his dough will become chametz. And now, he knows if he doesn't leave Shear now and get home in the next five minutes, the dough that he has is going to be chametz and he's in trouble. He's got to bake this fast so it stays matzah. So, so then we say, Now you can be a mevatale. Why? Because I'm not nullifying. It's not chametz yet. So Rav Akhav Yaakov is answering. There's no proof from this b'risa when we say, Guys, it's misbedish. I need to remember this chametz in his house. Be mevatale. Oh, you see, be mevatale after this man beer. Says Rav Akhav Yaakov, No, that's not the case. When we say the guy sitting in yeshiva and it, he has chametz, it doesn't mean it's already chametz. It means something's becoming chametz in his domain. That, we could say, nullify this thing that's not yet chametz. Deikonami, says the Gemara, and I will, uh, we will prove that Rav Achara Yaakov's answer of something becoming chametz, as opposed to something that's previously chametz, is correct. Why? Diktani, because we gave a case of Hayyoshi B'Seich Medrash. So the guy sitting in the Medrash. Why'd you say that? Why don't you say uh, the Rabbi Isaac Velvel is, uh, is in the middle of um, shopping on Erev Pesach and he remembers, oh, he's got chametz and he has him bevatalit. So being bevatalit believe by. Why'd you say he's sitting in a smedrish? Must be we're dealing with a case where somebody is in a location where they, where if they wouldn't be here, where they're where in the base medrash, they can go make sure that, that whatever is going on is not chametz. The reason I'm mentioning specifically a base medrash 
is because we're dealing with a place you can't leave. The guy's in front of his Rebbe. It would be chutzpah to walk out. Since it would be chutzpah to walk out, we say, okay, listen, it's not chametz yet, just be mevatel the dough. Be mevatel this dough, that's not chametz. And even when you come home and it already turned to the chametz, well, it wasn't yours and you have no problem. Said, Okay. Very, uh, okay. Gershmaka back and forth. Now we're going to move on. We're going to move on from that topic. And we're now up to the colon, the two dots, and we're going to start learning a Gemara that teaches us Hilchus Raiv. Okay? Hilchus Majority. Now let's keep something in mind. Biblically, we always follow majority. So, this might be shocking to some people. However, if I have 51% cholent, kosher, and 49% treif, that gets mixed together, totally kosher. Mida oraisa. Biblically, raiv is fine. It's the Rabbanon who came along and established Bittl Bashishim. But that it's got to be nullified in 60. But Bittl Beraiv is biblical. What we're going to discuss now, get into a little bit, is when a person finds something moldy, spoiled, on Pesach, and he's not sure if this is matzah or a chametz bicker cracker. He opens up his cupboard where during the year he keeps chametz. On Pesach he keeps matzah. And he sees an old uh, spoiled thing and he, he's not sure. This is a Pesach dika matzah or a chametz dika matzah. Is this a cracker or matzah? What is this over here, right? So the Gemara is going to start getting into Hilchah's Rav. What's the majority? And then how do you majority of item, majority of time? Very interesting Gemara. A little bit of a change of discussion. Let's get going. Rabbi Baravuna says in the name of Rab. When you have a bread that got moldy, it's spoiled. If you have rive matzah, if you have majority of Pesach Dika things, Mutaras, you could assume it's from the Pesach Dika item. Okay? You're allowed to use it. Says the Gemara, one sec. Hechi dummy, what's the case? Elema. If you're going to say, that the guy knows it's chametz. Obviously, that's not the case, right? Uh, can't be. If the guy knows it's chametz, what's halacha? Even if it's spoiled, it's chametz. Okay, so the Gemara is just establishing for us what's going on. If you're going to say it's chametz, the other way the chametzi, kiravza matzah, I have it. So having rive matzah in my cupboard isn't changing anything. I know this is, right? I know this is chametz. Even though bittel beroiv daraisa, I'll say, oh, rive stuff in my thing is chame, is matzah, so my chame, so so my uh, mat, my chametz is bottled to the matzah, and now I'm allowed to eat it. No, sorry, Charlie, it ain't working like that. So the case must be as we understood. How did we understand it? You're not sure whether this piece is chametz or matzah, right? You're not sure. Is this a cracker? That's chametz or matzah, which is. The case is, we, we don't know. 
My area ki Well, says the Gemara, if I don't know whether the spoiled piece is chametz or matzah, why is it that if I have rive matzah, it's permitted? Why? Even if it's not rive matzah, it should be permitted. Ask the Gemara. Afivu ki loy matzah. Even if you don't have rive matzah in the cupboard. Nami, I should still be allowed to eat this spoiled piece. You know why? Nasal basar basar. Because the Gemara's understanding in its question, you should follow the last thing that's there. The way the Gemara's understanding right now, the scenario is, I'm dealing with a cupboard where I usually keep chametz, but, I, but now I started keeping my matzah there. And I find in that cupboard that I'm now keeping matzah in spoiled crackers, spoiled matzah. So the Gemara asks, fine, you have rive of the year, I'm keeping chametz in there. However, what was the last thing I put in? Matzah. And therefore we should follow the last thing that we put in there should go on this as well. Now we would ask why. Who says that placing something in their last overrides a majority. That's our question now, right? We should all be asking that question. On one side, we have rive chametz. On the other side, the last thing I put in there is matzah. So follow the last thing. Why? Who says to follow the last thing? Where do you get that from? So Gemara is going to explain this side of the question. Me lightnan, for didn't we learn in a Mishnah proving you always follow the last thing? How so? A fascinating Mishnah. Listen to this. We're going to learn some very interesting halachas. We're going to preface this by keeping in mind that there's a mitzvah of Meiser Shani where a, we have a chiv of Meiser Shani. Meiser Shani is Kedusha that's put onto produce. And people who live outside Yerushalayim transfer the Kedusha of the produce onto money. They take that holy money to Yerushalayim. Okay? Now, what do they do with that money in Yerushalayim? They buy food. And they eat it in Yerushalayim. What if the guy shows up with $5,000 of Meister Shani to Yerushalayim? If he eats $5,000 worth of food in Rishalayim, he's going to get a stomachache. He's got a mitzvah. He's coming to Rishalayim to eat. But, you know, there's only a certain amount that a yid can eat. So what does he do? So what they would do is, they would come to Rishalayim, buy food with Meisr Shani, eat what they could, and all the extra money they would give to people who live in Rishalayim and just say, please take it. And eat it in your house. Meister Shani didn't need to be eaten by the owner. It could be eaten by anybody in Rishalayim. So people would come, they would spend, the, you know, they'd buy some food, they'd stay for the day, go back home. What did they do with all that leftover money that was Kaddish and needed to be booked? So anybody who lived in Rishalayim kind of, you know, got the leftover money. And they would just take that money and, and purchase their own stuff. Now their own stuff that they would buy, they could buy their own food, they could buy a carbon shlomim, which was very common. This is very important to this Gemara. They could buy a carbon shlomim because p- 
people who bring a carbon shlamim eat from the carbon shlamim in Yerushalayim as well. Okay? So it's very interesting to note the economy of Yerushalayim had a lot of holy coins laying around. When you would go change money in Yerushalayim, there was a nice concern that money you may be getting your hands on may have Kedusha. It might be money that's like left over by somebody who gave it to somebody else. So what happens if you find money on the street? Since it was very common for people to leave their holy money with people who lived in Yerushalayim, how do I know if I'm allowed to take this money or whether this money has my Shoshani Kedusha and therefore any money that I find in Yerushalayim, maybe I need to, I'm only permitted to use to buy food that I'll eat in Yerushalayim. Got it? All right. So listen to this mission. If you find money in front of an animal dealer, person sells animals. So it's very common for, for Yerushalmis to use their money to buy animals for a carbon shlomo. You always, if you find money, that you have to assume this money has Kedusha. You have to assume it's Meister Shani. Fascinating. Let's say I find money by Harabais. If I find money on the Harabais itself, then Chulun. It's not Kaddish. Why? Because so many people would come to the Harabais, all of Klal Yisrael, and everybody had their wallets and their stuff. They weren't dealing and buying things on the Harabais. They did that before. If you find money on the Harabayas itself, you can assume it just fell out of a guy's pocket and there's no simon on it, you can keep it. And there's, it's not, it's chulin. You don't have to assume this is money that was used from a Yerushalmi. Gans Klaw Yisrael went to the Harabayas. Yerushalayim. Let's say I find coins around Yerushalayim, not in front of an animal dealer, not on the Harabayas. So then it depends. Bishas Haregel. If it's a time of Yom Tif where everybody comes to Yerushalayim to buy carbonos, so then Miser. You have to assume it's Miser Shani money. Because that was also the time when people came to Yerushalayim to eat their Miser Shani. Kill two birds with one stone, as they say. I'll bring my carbon, uh, uh, my, my carbon Chagiga. Yeah, I got my Euler Regal carbon. And I'll eat my Miser Shani at the same time. So if I find my money around the Yom Tif, you have to assume that it's holy money. But the rest of the year, you're allowed to assume it is Chulun. Okay? Because even though we said that a lot of people who bring my Sershani to Yerushalayim leave the funds with Yerushalmis, since they primarily did this around the Yom Tif time, so if it's in this time of year, then you have assumed Kedusha. If it's in a different time of year, you don't have assumed Kedusha. Okay. The Yomar of Shmaya Barzera. And Rav Shmaya Barzera says, My time, what is the reason why we assume it's my Sersheni? So he's going to explain to us what we prefaced. Because the streets and the marketplaces of Yerushalayim are cleaned, are cleaned daily. Cleaned out. Alma, you see from here, 
Since it's cleaned out, if there's new money, you have to assume that it's Meister Shani money, depending on the time of year. Okay? Anything that, that uh, was lost beforehand, you'd assume, is already cleaned up. It would have been cleaned up by the street sweepers. And if I find it on Yom Tif, that means that people lost it that day. That was inside Yerushalayim. Not on the Harabayas. The Harabayas, as the Mepharshim explained, had a whole different svara. It wasn't cleaned out daily because it didn't need to be cleaned out daily. It was always clean. But the streets of Yerushalayim need to be cleaned out. You see from here, Kamoi Azli That we're going to say, we're going to paskin, whatever money was there yesterday has already been swept up. Vahani Achrini Ninu. The money that I'm now finding is later money. So here's how we're wrapping around this Mishnah to our halacha of Chametz HaMatzah. We should say over here as well that if I cleaned Chametz out of my home, even though the cupboard that I found this spoiled pizza matzah in, which we're going to ask, how's it spoiled, right? But I found this spoiled, even though it's usually Chametz, Right now, I have matzah. It should be considered like that day in Yerushalayim has a chazaka that the coin fell this day. So why don't we say, this piece of matzah that I'm finding on Pesach, I could assume it's a matzah and not a cracker because I look at this particular day. That's how this mission is bringing us full circle. So now we have a real shayla. Do I follow Rav? which tells me it's chametz, or do I follow what's put in the latest, which means that I can assume it's matzah. I can assume it's Pesach, because right now it's Pesach. And that's what I've been doing. I've been putting in Pesach the guidance. And for the Gemara, shiny hacha di pusha Says the Gemara, no. No, 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 nothing doing. Just because by Yerushalayim we assume that the coins fell that day, you can't say, oh, it must be that this cracker that was put in there is really matzah because I'm keeping my Pesach items in. No, you know why? Because this thing's spoiled. What does spoiled mean? It's been there for a while. So even though I clean stuff out, and even though the latest thing that I put in is matzah, well, if this is part of the latest batch, hey, who ever heard of spoiled matzah? Right? You hope in the stores they're not keeping it for five years. <laughs> you hope you get in that year's batch, you know? But if it's spoiled, you're going to say, oh, it's spoiled and, and, and it's been put in in the past couple days? No. It's spoiled. The fact that it's spoiled proves that this is not part of the last batch. And therefore, maybe I have to assume that it's chametz. Says the Gemara, no, one second. If you're going to say the fact that it's spoiled should prove that it's not from the latest and greatest. So then let's go back to the statement of our Brisa. In the beginning of the Gemara, we said, what's the halacha? We said, oh, if it's rive, if it's majority matzah over the chametz, so then you could assume it's not matzah. Ask the Gemara, why? Spoiled. If looking at the item itself proves that it's been there for a while, why, if it's rive matzah, am I allowed to assume it's matzah? Let the spoilage prove that this is part of the chametz that used to be there. 
Here it is. Answers the Gemara. Omar Rabba. Rabba says, You're right. Don't say we're dealing with it's allowed when you have mostly matzah. Because the spoilage does prove against that. The only time you're allowed to assume that this is matzah is when the at the time that you found this spoiled piece, you had Pesach Dika items there for so long that even though this cracker is spoiled, my Pesach Dika stuff have been there long enough that this is possibly spoiled Pesach. So the spoilage no longer is proving that it's there from the previous Chomets. It means that it's possible that it's even spoiled after I put my, my Pesach Dika stuff in. Says the Gemara, one second. So according to you, what's the case now? According to Rabbah, the case is, I find spoiled matzah in a cupboard that my Pesach Dika items have been there long enough for it to spoil. And, and we say, oh, you're allowed to eat it. Why wouldn't I be allowed to eat it? I mean, it's a Pesach Dika cupboard and it's been, this stuff's been in there forever. Why, why is there even a thought that this might be hummets? Ask the Gabara, Yachi Pshita. If that's the case, of course this is Pesach Dika thing. Gemara says, like Tzricha, the Chiddush is, the Ipusha Miruba, when it's extremely spoiled. Mahotem, I would have to say, even the Ipusha Miruba, it's not just spoiled, it's very spoiled. And it's got to be six months old from the time that I kept Chomets there. The Chiddush Taka is, this thing looks terribly spoiled. And the Chiddush here is that even though if, when you look at the spoilage, it's possible it was there from the time my Chomets was there six months ago. But since I have more days of possibility of Matzah over possibility over Chomets, we'll say, we'll say that no, maybe just looks very spoiled. Because, you know, uh, the climate that was inside the box, the climate that was inside the cupboard, maybe made it look more spoiled than it really is. And therefore, if you have rive days of matzah in there, this item, spoiled cracker, is still allowed to be assumed to be matzah, even though by looking at it, it seems like the spoilage, it's old enough to be, even from the time of my chametz. You don't need to say that. You don't have to assume that it's from the chametz. Why? Because as we know, heat makes things spoil faster. We'll just say that perhaps over the, pe- the you know, more recently, uh, you, it, things got hotter in there and it just looks like it spoiled more, but it really didn't. Period. Okay. Fine. Says the Gemara. Umeaz lean on Basar Basar. Is it really true that you follow what was put there last? In other words, like this. This whole Gemara is based on the premise that we know there's a concept of Raiv. You follow a majority. And we also now have been taught that there's a concept of, oh, sometimes you follow Raiv, and sometimes you follow what's put there last. Okay? Says the Gemara, does something put their last override or Raiv? Miazlina Basaruba, like, is that a universal thing? The same way like Rive, you have Rive of a Bezdin Paskins, you know, so that's like it's, the whole Bezdin gives that psak. This thing to follow the Basra, the last thing, is that is that a, a general rule? 
to be learned out from Meisr Shani in Yerushalayim. But we learned in a Bryson. When you have a box that you have both chulin money and maisha money in there, if, if most of the money you put in there is not holy, so it's not holy. If most of it is holy, it is holy. Why do we make? Why do we say that as a blanket statement? Lazo basar basar. Why don't we just say, oh well, whatever you put in there last should be. Uh, that's what we should follow. We're dealing with both any day of You put sometimes you put in kadosh, sometimes you put in not kadosh, and you're not sure which one puts in last. That's when you follow rive. But perhaps, if you know exactly, maybe you would follow the last one. Maybe the case is where you keep separate piles. Papa says that maybe um, you found it inside of a crevice in the box, and therefore it looks like even though maybe the last thing that he put in was chulun, but now I find it in the hole in the box. It could be that this was part of the original meister that wasn't cleaned out, or vice versa. In other words, perhaps you you have a circumstance that can tell us to wipe out always following the basra or rife. Period. End of that Gemara. We're now three lines at the two dots on the bottom of the page, and we're now completely changing course. And we're getting into Bidika's Chametz, what bracha you make. Fascinating Gishmaka Gemara will flow along uh, pretty easy. Here we go. Three lines from the bottom. Amar of Yudav says, When you do Bidika's Chametz, you're doing a mitzvah. So you got to make a macha bruche. You got to make a bracha. Says the Gemara, what blessing do you make? What bracha do you make? What is the bracha? Rav Papi Yomar Mishmeh Rava. Rav Papi says, in the name of Rava, you make a bracha leva'er Chametz. To get rid of the chametz, Rav Papa Omar, that's Rav Papi, Rav Papa Omar, Mishmei Dechuve, Al Bir Chametz, on the mitzvah of burning the chametz. Okay. So one says to Mamish, get rid of the chametz. That's Baruch Atashem. Because this is Mamish part of destroying the chametz. The other one says it's Al Bir Chametz. Okay. Says the Gemara. If a person says, That expression, Nobody's going to argue. Everyone will agree. That it seems to say, I will be mevaer the chametz. Everybody agrees that when you make that bracha, that that's what, those words mean. Levair means I will be mevair the chametz in the future. Top of Amud Beis. Ki pligi be'albir chametz. The Machlekes says how to understand the words albir chametz. On burning chametz. At the time, on disposing chametz. On destroying the chametz. At the time when I'm searching the chametz. Mar savar me'ikara masha. One says me'ikara, that it means, it seems to infer retroactive, that even though I'm not doing it right now, I want this, that when I do it, it's ha- this is like step number one of it. Umar Savar Another one says, no, it's strictly, uh, it's strictly made I'll be your chametz that I will do. I'll be your chametz. The beer chametz that you're going to see tomorrow morning on Erev Pesach that I'm going to do. Okay. Face, they ask the challenging question. 
When you mach bris milah, you say al hamilah. Now al hamilah is said when? At the time of the bris milah. So you see that al bir chametz is is like it seems to be now. So Mar says no. Hasam hechanema name olama. Now what do you want to say? To go and circumcise, to go and bedur bris milah in the future. Leisagid the lavi umal. Who's doing the bris milah? The father. So he said, on the thing that's going to happen. That's what you're doing. You're doing that right now. So the other expression of, what do you want to say? That I'm about to do a bris milah. Is that what you want him to say? No. I have to say, Alhamila, on the milah that's being done over here. Zegmar says, Hosom Hechene, Zegmar says, no. Because Avi Ben Michael Amemar. What's going to happen if, let's say, you are the Aviyah ben, yeah, the person who's uh, the one who has the chiyav to do the bris milah, if Rav Papi is correct about uh, Leva'er HaChomitz, so he should say, uh, Limo, to, by a bris milah, Limo, to circumcise. So what says, Eina Hanami? Yeah, you know what? If you have a father who's also a male, he should make a bracha, Limo, that should be the bracha. Okay. Someone says, Mesve. We'll ask you another kasha. Another challenging question. Baruch Hashem, the Shalom says, Alashchita. A Shaykhit makes a bracha of Alashchita. Why say Alashchita? He should say, Lishchait, the Shacht. Like Levair, like Rav Papi. Someone answers, Hasamnami, Nema, Hasamnami, Hechenim. What do you want him to say? Nema Lishchait, that he should Shacht. Doesn't make sense either. Sagat Lavihu Shachat. He's the one. Who's, uh, who's uh, nobody in particular has to do the shechita. So you can't say, you commanded me lishchait. No. This guy doing this, the shechit doesn't have a commandment to shecht. Hashem never instructed him to shecht. If you want to eat, by the way, you need, you need shechita done. So what right does a shechit have to say, God commanded me lishchait. No. You guy, uh, I'm assuming. Rabbi Yale, you ever shechted a cow? Shech the cow, Rib Jim, Rib Iron, Rib Dub. No, we don't shech cows. So, because there's no chiv to shech the cow. There's a chiv if you want to eat kosher meat. You eat a cow that's shechted. So you can't say, Hashem commanded me lishchait. It only makes sense to say, ala shechita. So the Gemara says, no, because Pesa, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Why? Nachamo? Why can't you say that even if I don't have to be the one that does it, the commandment is still on me if I want to be the one to do it? Like, I, if I want to eat kosher meat and I am capable of shepherding a cow, I, 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 I can do that shechita. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Torah that there's a mitzvah to shecht. Not true. By by a lulav and hadar. Some things need to be done by you. Other things, there's there's no mitzvah to go eat meat. There's no chiyuv. A person wants to say Shabbos and Yom go eat a fish. No, you don't have to shech the fish. You know what I mean? There's no. It's not, it's not like you're appointed. A sheikh It's not even. Uh, there's no. There's a halacha. If you want to eat meat, it must come from a shechted animal. 
the mitzvah to shecht is not upon any particular yid. So no yid in particular, even a shaykhit who's set aside as my agent to be my shaykhit, doesn't have a particular mitzvah to shecht. He's doing me a taiva so that I can now eat meat. But it's not like he's becoming my shliach to perform a mitzvah. I don't have that mitzvah in the first place to shecht. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the more answer is Hasam Nami Hechenev. What do you say? Name a Lishka, Lysakit Lavi Ushachat. The Gemara says, Oh, I'll tell you when you have a Chiv to Shech. Pesach and Kachim, Michael and Emma. What about a carbon Pesach and Kachim? The Lacha is, some things you do need a Shech by yourself. And maybe when you come to the Beis HaMikdash, when you come with a carbon, a person's going to show up to the Beis HaMikdash and say, Asherk, the Shem says, Juanu, Lishchait. Says the Gemara, that's going to be the bracha. By a carbon Pesach and by Hektish, when I have a chiv to do this, to do this by my shluf, yeah, I got to do this by myself, that's going to be the bracha. The bracha is going to be, taka over there, I have a commandment to, uh, to shecht, and in such a scenario, it will be lishchait. That's another challenging question. Here we go, let's get into our lulav. A person makes a lulav for himself. All right? That, we're just quoting a brisa of how the mitzvah of Lulav and Esrog work. See, on the first day, you say, Not do lots but when you take a uh, Lulav, the, the set to be Yaitz of the mitzvah, Lulav. Why Al Netilas Lulav? You should say, Lintoil es halulav. To take it. What does it mean? On the mitzvah of taking the lulav. If we're saying al netilas lulav, it makes more sense like Rav Papa that you make a bracha by bedikas chametz of al beer chametz. Al netilas lulav, al beer chametz. And not like Rav Papi who says levaira chametz. Kamar says, shiny hasam, lulav's different. Deveidna da agba nafak bey. Because at the same time that he's picking up his Dalit Minim, he's already performing the mitzvah. And therefore, Herzachan, the way the Gemara is understanding right now that is fascinating is that when I actually make a bracha on my Lulav, Esra, Gadas, Menorabis, I've already fulfilled my mitzvah. And therefore, I can't say Lintail to take, I already took it. So, Mamela, I say Al Natilas on the taking, which I already did. The Gemara says, one second. E Hachi. If it's true, you already got your mitzvah. But says, boy, why do you say you pick up the lulav to fulfill your mitzvah with it? Yatsa by me, boyle. It should have said, when a person picks up the lulav and already fulfilled their mitzvah, you should say, If we're dealing with a guy getting his mitzvah at the time that he actually lifted up the Dalit Minim, why did the Brisa say, when you pick up your mitzvah, you pick up your Dalit Minim to fulfill the, the mitzvah, you make this bracha. Instead, it should have said, when you pick up your Dalet Minim and have already fulfilled your mitzvah, you should say, I'll Natilas Lula. If that's Taka, what happened? Tomorrow says, Eina Chanami. Umishum de Kaboy the Messi Seifa Since the Tana was giving us the brachas of both Lulav and Sukkah, and we wanted to teach the mitzvah of Leshe Basukkah, Tana Reshanama Lotzeis Bai. We also, in, in that Brisa of Sukkahs, we also uh, just use the same expression. You pick it up to fulfill your mitzvah with it. But maybe tak we're dealing with when it already has been fulfilled. The Tani Seifa, 
because if you look at the end of the brisa in uh, in sukkah, it says a sukkah A person who makes a sukkah for himself only. Omer, you say That's when you make the sukkah when you actually come to sit inside of the sukkah. What bracha do you make? Baruch And on that brisa. We're saying when you come to sit in the sukkah, and therefore we're using the same expression, when you come to take the lulav, but in a chanami, really it means when you already have fulfilled the mitzvah of lulav, you say, al-natilas lulav. The hilchasa, the halacha is al-bir chametz. You make al-bir chametz. Why? Because everybody agrees that a uh, bracha is always done before the performance of a mitzvah. Okay, whenever you do a mitzvah, you should always make the bracha first. All mitzvahs, you make a bracha on them before doing the mitzvah. And we will, let's, uh, let's keep going, let's cover a little more ground, let's get to the two dots at least. I was hoping to get all the way to the bottom, I'm not sure we'll have time. Um, but uh, right now the Gemara is assuming that we are, every single mitzvah you do, First you do the bracha, and then the mitzvah. First of all, says the Gemara, how do you know that means to go in front of, before you do it? There's a pasuk. ran the derech hakikar, and he passed in front of the kushi, okay, um, to uh, let them know about, uh, to let David HaMelech know that Shaul died. So you see that avar means to go ahead of, to go in front of, to go beforehand. So aver lasiyasa means to make a bracha prior to. Abai Yomar Meyachav, we have another proof for who avar lefneim. He went in front of them. Okay, three different psukim proving that the word avar means prior to. Now, Beirav Armin, Yeshiva of Rav, they said, Chutz min there's two mitzvahs that you don't make a bracha before the performance of a mitzvah. and you go to the mikvah and you blow shoifer, you don't make a bracha before you blow shoifer. You don't make a bracha before you dip in the mik. Says the Gemara, It makes sense not to make a bracha before dipping in the mik. Because you're still tameh. And we prefer you make a bracha once you become tar. So we'll say, go to the mik, become tahara, and now make a bracha in a state of tara. El shoifer, my time, why in the world will you first blow shoifer and then make a bracha? You're going to say, because you don't want to make a bracha, and maybe the guy can't get any sounds out, and it's going to end up being a blessing in vain, because who says you'll end up getting your full mitzvah? You can say that about any mitzvah. Maybe you'll do the mitzvah and then drop dead. You make a bracha and drop dead. You know what I mean? So the reason why you're doing that, uh, the reason why you're making a bracha after blowing shoifer, can't be because you may not do it. You're right. By, by Shaifer, as we know, those of us who go to Shul and Rosh Hashanah, by Shaifer, you take a make a bracha and then you blow the Shaifer. The only time you do the mitzvah and then the bracha is going to be by Tevilah. Tani Nami Hachi. We learned it by similarly. Tavah Va'olah. Verse goes to the mikvah when he comes up. Bal Yasser Emer. He comes up. He says, Baruch Asher Kedeshanu B'mitzvah Savitzivanu Ala Tevilah. The bracha that you make is on being Tevil. Now, by the way, um, just to point out, when a woman lights candles on Shabbos, she first lights, that mitzvah, she lights candles and then makes the bracha. Not on Yom Tif. When a woman lights candles, when a woman lights candles on Yom Tif, she makes the bracha prior 
and then does the mitzvah. On Shabbos, she lights and then says the bracha. Why? Because the bracha is Kabbalah sa Shabbos. So if she makes the bracha first by Shabbos candles, she won't be able to, she won't be allowed to light the candles. It's already Shabbos for her. Shabbos. You can't light candles on Shabbos. So by Shabbos candles, a woman takab does the mitzvah prior to the uh, prior to the bracha. Okay. The Araner, let's keep going. I know I have a seven o'clock of uh, but um, we got uh, two more minutes here. Let's get to the two dots on the bottom of the page. You search by the light of the candle. How do you know that a person should use a candle? Omar of Chizah. Chizah says, It's from Xerah Shavah, Metziah, Metziah, to find, to find. Metziah, Bechipos. We know that the Metziah, when you find, is learned out from the from Chipos to search something out. Bechipos, Mechipos, then we have Xerah Shavah from the two words of Chipos, which the Gemara will go through, where all these words are found. Bechipos, Meneris, and Chipos is like to search, has to do with candles, Veneris, Miner, and the word Neris is connected to Ner. Fine. Now the Gemara is going to go through these lines of what we just said, these Gezerah Shabbos. Mitziah mi Mitziah. Where do we find a relationship between one word Mitziah to find and another word Mitziah to find? Ksivach. It says by Chametz. Shivas Chamim Se'arli must be B'Techim. You're not allowed for seven days. You can't have any sort of Chametz in your homes. Uksivhasam. And it says over there, by Chapes Pagadol Hechel Vakatan Kila Vayimatze. That he, he started with the oldest and he ended up by the, young, by the youngest. And that's when he found it. This is about when the brothers took the cup and Yosef claimed against them. So he went through an age order. Going through, Yosef went through each of their packages until finally it was found by Binyamin. And then we learn what Metziah means from the chipos, from the searching that Yosef did over there. So we see that searching and finding go hand in hand from the Pesach of Yosef. And we also learn what chipos means. How do you know chipos means to search for? From the word neros. Why? We have another pasuk about candles. At that time, I will search out Yerushalayim with candles. So you see that searching is done with candles. Veneros and candles miner. What is a candle search? From the word ner. Dixiv, ner Hashem, nishmas adam, a neshama, a soul of a person, like a candle of Hashem, adam chayfes kol which a person uses this to search all of the, the, the crevices of each and everything. Okay? Um, so the question is, if the previous part said, neirais, why do you got to say ner over here? Tana debe rabbi shmol, Lele Arba Osar Baitin has a Chametz to Aranar on the night of the 14th of Nisan. You search for Chametz. Even though we have no proof that it's got to be done with candlelight, we have a hint to it. Shanemar Shivas Yomim Sa'arla Yimatse. For seven days, you shouldn't find any sort of Chametz in your dwelling place, in your homes. And then it says you started by the oldest, by Yosef. And ended up with the youngest. At that time, I will search line with candles. You see that a ner is connected to the to the ne uh, rice. That when you uh, when you search into the deepest uh, nooks and crannies of a person's neshama, you have the word ner. So therefore, you 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 do it or a ner. Says the What is this last word? Like, why can't you just learn it out from the word ne rice? Why do you need why do you need like ner? 
So v'chita, if you're going to say hi ba'esahi kulahi, you might say only. Oh, at that time, Yerushalayim will be searched with candles. Only candles. The Kamarachmana, like the beginner Yerushalayim, but the higher the book of I'm not going to search Yerushalayim with torches. It's too big, too much light. Yeah, Ella ben Hura, the shraga, the zut, and I'm not going to be. I'm not going to come out with a big explosion of fire. Just got, you know, don't don't look at every uh, last thing about a person. The oven rabbi meshkach is oven zut le meshkach. Yeah, when the, the less you the less light you have, you only find the bigger things. When you have a lot of light, you find the smaller things. Because Baruch is being nice, Kaviyach. You know what I mean? Because Baruch is being nice. I'll cover the small candle, and I'll, you know, if there's a big thing, it'll find. We'll find it. If it's smaller, well, Toshma Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam. Therefore, the Brisa lets us know Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam that uh, a single candle enough is enough to be effective to be used to search out for chametz. This takes up to the bottom line on Zion Amud Beis. To turn Rabbanon, Bez Hashem, we will pick up from here tomorrow. We'll start Davches on the bottom line from over here.